Welcome back to another edition of the Parrot Podcast. This week, I'm joined by Bertie. Hey, how's it going? And Forty. What's going down, boys? And your host, Hamish. And uh, hopefully, we'll get him back soon. Um, but we'll roll on for now. Um, so let's start with the flag. That's not right. Sorry, I've brought up two copies of the uh, New South Wales, uh, uh, New South Wales uh, cup, the cup. So Jersey flag, we went down eighteen we to lost. twelve against yes. the Western, uh, not Western suburbs Magpies. That's the New South Wales Cup. The West Tigers. So weird how they split them. Yeah, well, I suppose it was their token gesture to the the Magpies part of the joint venture to say, yeah, you get to keep your history just in the New South Wales Cup. Forty, were you out there for this game? I was not. Not, no. not too many people went out to like no, but it was yeah, a like triple header. But yeah, unfortunately, in the case of this game, the the Tigers are actually a pretty good unit in this competition. I think they were top five entering entering into that particular round. Uh, and the Eels, obviously, having a six point loss, it's in terms of like how flag can be, it's not too uh, bad. But this is just another case of some missed opportunities, and it's been the story of a season insofar as those self inflicted wounds have really come back to cost the Eels big time. And this was a chance. If they'd won this game, this was a chance. They don't go into the top four based on that result. But the Tigers lose two points. They gain two points. So actually fourth in just one win behind the Tigers. And they, they stay in touching distance of the top four. So it would have been two wins outside the top four instead of the three they are now, which means that it's, it's almost impossible for them to make the top four from here. And yeah, unfortunately, just a case of uh, there was a few game day changes again. They haven't been able to have a lot of consistency of the roster. Uh, as long as the team was there. Uh, they had their captain, Corey Fenning, come back the week before he was out for this game, which meant Duntory Lee went back to fullback. And there was a couple other changes through the forward pack. And, yeah, I, I don't think that's the issue. I just think that they get inside their own heads. Well, they'll definitely have a uh, game up against it this week, playing against the Sharks, Yeah, uh, who are presently in fourth. So um, they'll need to pull out of that funk sooner. Otherwise, forget top four, they won't finish top eight. That, that's the thing is that the top four, I think, is outside their grasp, but there's still plenty of work to do to actually get to the finals. All right, well, let's then jump into the New South Wales Cup. So this one was televised um, before the main game on Saturday night. Eels 38 to the Magpies 20. And try scorers were Samuel Luizu, Zach Sini, Hayes Perham with four in a row. And then Zach Sini with the uh, cap-off try in the 79th minute. And Jordan Rankin, he's been listening. He was uh, <laughs> five seven off the boot and some from the sideline as well. Yeah, he was striking him sweet, wasn't he? Um, he did play for the Tigers, so I suppose there's some familiarity with the venue. Yeah, but that one, um, Hayes Perham, he was um, he was in everything out there playing uh, yeah. centre. Do we reckon that's his uh, full-time job? Oh, I think so, uh, assuming that he stays at the club, because NRL 360 was saying some talk. there was some talk about the Tigers sniffing around him for next year. Uh, but if he is at the club, yeah, I think centre is a really nice spot for him. And then obviously he has the ability to cover fullback outside of that. And then some of the middle performances uh, were pretty good on the night. Um, I did like the work from um, from our hooker. Yeah, Mitch Rain had one of um, his better games in a while. Not like he's been bad in the cup, just this was uh, some really nice snipes around dummy half and sort of just keeping the Tigers' ruck defence honest, allowing his forwards to roll on by virtue of that. So he had a really good game. Those middles I thought were really solid. Um, some of the numbers for the props weren't, isn't uh, incredible. It's nearly 120 metres for Wiramu, 110 for Ogden, and then onto the bench, Tavita Talmapeno. I thought he was actually really good for his 120 metres as well. But... Ogden had a really dynamic run in the first half that uh, really caught the eye. Greg uh, was pretty good for the most part. There was one uh, cheeky little uh, lapse that led to a Tigers try defensively. Uh, but looking at the back row, um, I thought Elliel's game had another really good game. He put on the try assist for uh, Hayes' fourth try. 
And then the other one that I was impressed with was uh, Tony Mattaielli, who defensively, he had a bit of a tough time in terms of adjusting to the cup, but he had nice size. He looked like he belonged to the grade physically, and he got he really rolled up his sleeves and got through a lot of work and a lot of quality work in the back row and linked up nicely with Jake Arthur down that left edge. And then the other two players, Zach Sini, obviously coming up against his old team, uh, got himself a brace and he was in everything as well. And then Brendan Hands, the late move into lock. Um, I, I thought he did admirable in his uh, stint there playing 76 minutes. Yeah, Brendan. Brendan's definitely one of those guys, you you know, ask him to play prop and he'll definitely you know have a real crack at it. And he's done that at the lock forward role quite a number of times this season now where he's played that small ball uh, lock forward position. And he's uh, got a lot of versatility, can play in the halves, can play that lock position. Obviously, dummy half is where we hope he projects primarily long term. So that's a pretty valuable little piece there. And probably you know not too dissimilar to Will Smith uh, in that regard. Probably a little bit more built, but maybe a little bit less uh, dynamic in terms of Will had that you know pace to play fullback as well. But he did a really good job. You mentioned Zach Sini. I mean, just a casual 20 runs a meter, uh, 20 meters a run, sorry, 20 runs a meter. 20 metres run, 8 carries, 164 metres, of course, a good 85 of those, 90 of those was from that intercept that he took against the run of play, but yeah, Sini's been really good for us, he's been a, I've, I had my reservations when he was picked up at the start of a season, but given that he didn't even have a preseason for us, he's really picked up Parramatta systems in a good way, and has um, been a real difference maker in the back line. Yeah, so a nice win in that grade, uh, which sees us, I think, just outside the top four is that right so yeah so we, we finished around in fifth but with an equal share of fourth with canterbury and um, 20 points behind on the four, points four against isn't, isn't too bad behind him exactly but yeah we're not too far outside of anyone behind chasing actually penrith are ahead by two wins on us uh which is much better than the nrl difference i'll tell you that uh so yeah it's uh, the raiders are only ahead because they've had the second buy at this point so oh, they've also got a draw though so they've got their on odd points as well so yeah but Given they've had two buys. Uh, oh, yeah, they've only won nine games. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. So they get they have the game in hand, but they're only ahead of us on the buys points right now. Yeah, far out. Buys are so stupid. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, just don't. Why, why you count buys as points? It doesn't make any sense, honestly. Um, all right. Well, let's jump into first grade then, which saw the Eels prevail uh, 28 20 over the West Tigers. So I've just got the young fella. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, unfortunately, uh, the scoreline didn't reflect uh, what was really the occurred on the field. Do you want to start us off, Birdie? Oh, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Um, sorry, hang on. You threw me out of whack. I was just doing my fantasy. What, what were you saying? We're talking about the West Tigers game in the NRL and, and how Hamish was saying that <laughs> the scoreline probably wasn't reflective of long passages oh. of play. But how, oh, what was your mate. take? Mate, what do you expect? It was like, it, it, sounded, it, it sounded like, oh, sorry, it looked like um, the referee matched the ground quality. Like, it was like a <sighs> shit-ass referee and... How, it was the biggest case of ref ball we've seen this year, wasn't it? Like, oh, and I'm, and I'm not saying we, we lost the match, but like, okay, the first one you can be a pedantic and say, "Oh, Lane's one was a knock on, right?" But then you look at you look at uh, Nofaluma's last try, and you're like, "Oh, well, that looks like more of a bubble." <laughs> then you look at the second one where Pinacini, you know, uh, the how does Reed Marty? Now, I've, I've been Judas's number one hater all this season, but how does how do you throw how do you throw a forward pass? If it goes over your head... Well, like we, we got some rare support from the NRL in that regard because that was so obvious that even Graham Manisley had to come out in his Monday uh, round 17 uh, sort of press releaser and had to say that it was actually backwards. <laughs> so, that, like, I, and, I just... So, like, let's just say you give us those two tries. We're 12-0 up. Like, Tigers... Oh, it, it, it completely know, changes the flow of the game, doesn't it, Bertie? Oh, I mean, they were like... They were they were doing nothing until they scored those those two early tries. Like okay, Farmer and Brown, he's got is a one trick pony. He's just going to run from dummy half. 
but after the second try, like the Tigers were up, you know, they got their confidence. Like if we score those two tries straight away, like they're pretty much two tries down um, with our first two trips down the their the, on the try line, and then obviously the last. It's a t- it's a tale of as I said, and I've said in the Discord before. We haven't put together an eighty minute performance. Now people can put down like oh the Dragons game, but it took us until the second half to break them away. But like I feel as though the first fifteen minutes was like it was it was solid, right? But it wasn't our best football. Um, and the last obviously the last ten minutes was like obviously we hadn't touched the ball. So other than that, um, yeah, I feel as though we controlled that easily. Like and you look at um Reg, Reg was getting smashed. She was getting smashed, you know, from pillar to post, but. He's a top of forward, and this is why we're going to talk about obviously like him and Origin or whatever. But he 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 doesn't break the line in the beginning. He wears you down, and it's exactly like the old. And I hate, and I know people hate saying I use the whole NFL line. It's like a running back that has thirty touches. He'll break you down eventually in the end, and he'll just grind you to dust. Because towards the end, the second half, you know, he was he was unbelievable, and yeah, he got just reward for that try, you know. And um, other than that, it was very it was a very solid performance in my opinion. Even though we only won by eight, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's interesting because I feel like the fact that we didn't get those two tries really colours the next portion of the game in an unfair light, if anything, where the Tigers managed to strike twice and get you know, on the board via Farmer Brown and Dane Laurie. And I mean, I've got huge question marks about the Dane Laurie try too. He looked a bit offside and the put down had a bobble as well. Uh, but yeah, the Eels rallied really nicely after that. Obviously, you know, it came on the back of Justin Matamua getting Simbin because he was an idiot and shoulder charged Mitchell Moses on a kick. Uh, you know, there was just, just a clear Simbin. Yeah, like, easy that's Simbin. Great. Shoulder charge to the head. Like, what, what, one more you've got. You've t- I mean, and, and speaking of shoulder charge to the head, the West Tigers were damn lucky not to have a player Simbin off the first tackle of the game. How the referees missed that is absolutely disgraceful. The fact that yeah. we had to challenge to get a penalty and not a Simbin uh, is really, really poor. But yeah, I mean, I, I was really happy with how Mitchell Moses responded once we had to roll up our sleeves. It's the sort of game that, that is really when he's at his best. He just, you know, he distributes the ball nicely, kicks really strongly, and then picks and chooses when to inject himself. And when he does, it's devastating. And I thought that Dylan Brown played a nice complimentary role to that, although I feel that uh, both Reed and Gufford probably left a little bit out there insofar as the finishing there. Um, I mean, obviously, Reed, <laughs> I, I don't know how he didn't score that try when all he had to do was just tuck the ball and, and, and complete his dive over, but he managed to lose it over the line. And yeah. Oh, and, and, he's, just, he's just not in it. He's just not at the race. Yeah, well, it's odd, isn't it? But looking at the outside backs, you know, Micah scored a good try and, and nearly scored an incredible one as well, where it just it was, what, half a centimetre of his boot clipping the line. Uh, Bailey Simonson was, again, pretty solid outside of one drop. And then going through the forwards, uh, you know, it wasn't great games from probably the most of the front row, but... In the back row, I thought Sean Lane, once again, was good. Ice, outstanding. Uh, Macca had uh, some unfortunate moments, but, you know, it just it, was a, it wasn't a great win, but it, it's the sort of win where we just need to take what we can get and build on it, and that, that is exactly what it was. And thankfully, we avoid the ignominy of uh, having the West Tigers sweep us, which would have been absolutely brutal. I would, have, I would have deleted my Twitter account. <laughs> Moved to Alaska or something. Oh, I can't. Well, but, I think the real unfortunate thing is that, you know, if, if you'd got a fair shake in the refereeing department, and thank God we had it against West Tigers, our really poor showing there. You don't want it showing up against when we're playing, you know, Penrith or, or oh, Storm gosh, in a game yeah. that matters. Um, but, um, if, 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 let's be conservative, and we'll only take off the West Tigers' last try to Nofaluma, which was an obvious bobble, and then we give us the two tries that should have been awarded in the first 10 minutes to us. 
you're looking at a 40 point, yeah, it's a complete what, buyout. 16 yeah. win, yeah. and you'd be pretty happy with that. And um, it was rather unfortunate that you know between the bunker and the men in the middle, uh, it just wasn't on. But even even taking out the bad cause and leading directly to tries on both sides, they were just blowing the pee out of the whistle in general. It was absolute. It was like rugby union. Like offside here, high tackle there, but not a high tackle here. Uh, you know, it was seventeen penalties in this game alongside four ruck infringements. And you're right, West West were were rightly aggrieved when, well, I guess we were aggrieved. And Nathan Brown gets uh, yeah. cited for a high tackle and he doesn't hit high, and then a play and later, which Moses takes later. Luke Brooks' head yeah. off. And, like, <laughs> and there, there, was, there was no force in Moses's tackle on on Brooks, but he got him high, which we've seen consistently just be a penalty and then you know resume play. And they just like no no you know he he ducked into it or it wasn't forcible whatever they want to use there so ugh, yeah <laughs> yeah it, it it was really frustrating and you know I guess every referee crew has one of those but I think the real bane this season um, especially from the bunker has been moving away from the you know whether or not there's clear and conclusive evidence to our gut feel um, and that's just really brought in all of this inconsistency this mm-hmm. season with the bunker and in the past you know. It can be frustrating when you think that it looks like a put down, but it was sent up a no try, and so there's no clear line that shows that can overrule it. But at least there's some form of um, it, there's a thought process there that they're going through. There's a there's a system, whereas at the moment there's just no system at all. Like how you could take Lane's first try off him and then award Nofaluma's last one. Um, there's just zero consistency within a game. That's the real frustrating part for me, at least. Absolutely, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like the work from our outside backs a bit. It was nice to see Sevo um, take a couple of rucks out from our own end, and one resulted in a forty-meter yeah. um, break up the field. So yeah. more of that, Mister Sevo. That, that's the thing; is this you almost need like his uh, center or which obviously is one up or do the old Alfie Lang and get a trainer out there, just bark at him, get in there, Micah, get in there, Micah. You know, go smash him up the guts, get in there, have a carry because once he just winds up, he, he's devastating. Like, he, he is actually one of the best uh, rucking wingers out there. He just knocks people over. And then the one shout-out for, for Wes, I know he didn't have many runs on the board, but his defense, um, uh, what's the guy? He also plays center, the second rower. Um, Garner? Garner? Yeah, it was Luke Garner. They kept running at him, and he kept snapping blokes in two. And I know West Tigers fans were having a go at him because he only carried the ball five times. But um, every time, I think Penasini got whacked by him a couple of times. So did... Um, uh, who else plays on that right edge, yeah. I think Marada took a couple of runs down that side from the middle. And got yeah. Folded. Um, so he, he was cutting down blokes, but um, what did we say in the preview of 40? I think you said it. We we like to give up a, a dodgy try to a no-name uh, yeah, hooker, yeah, it, and we lived up to it. I mean, we knew we gave away three. I think Kai Robble had a great save in the second half uh, on one of them. Uh, yeah, we just we do love to make an origin play out of a no-name dummy half. And Fatamano Brown had a good game against us. So, yeah, both our Reed and Murata would have been put on blast for their efforts at dummy half for that try. I tell you that. Uh, yeah, but it was like it wasn't a pretty, it wasn't a, like a, a particularly incredible win. But like you, you sort of uh, explained there, Hamish, it could have easily have been a blowout if a couple of cores quite easily get flipped around. And I think that it's certainly enough to start building on. And that's all I needed out of this round because we we almost certainly. I mean, I know I was pretty confident of a bounce-back factor. We haven't dropped consecutive games all year, and we tend to respond quite positively to a bad loss, which makes it all the more frustrating why we have bad losses. Just keep doing what you did on the bounce-back. But, yeah, I didn't have too many doubts coming into this game, 
And I think there is something of a foundation there to build on given we've got the Warriors coming up. Yeah, it wasn't one of those performances where our middles just roll. Um, and I think that's, that's a more pleasing thing. It's winning yes, in a different it, way. Exactly. And, and that makes sense. No junior, no um, Ryan Madison. We had some guys put into you know spots where we know they don't particularly play well. We know that Murata isn't a great starter in the front row, but he still does a, you know, a solid job. Uh, Makatoa got the start this week, had a, had a, you know, a bit of a, a mixed bag early on with the high shot that saw him lose the ball, which thankfully got overturned. And then he also dropped the pass later. So it was by far and away from anywhere near our best configuration through the middle. But they still roll up their sleeves and they didn't, they didn't get rolled by the Tigers up the guts, which is good. I mean, we, we've seen, you know, the week before the Rabbitohs had in admittedly adverse conditions a lot of success for our middle with Tom Burgess and a couple other boys. In this game, the only target, uh, they had two targets go over 100 metres. Oh, on the bench, Fanua Pole had a good game. I didn't see that. So they had, they had a few forwards go over 100 metres, but it didn't feel like there was high impact in there. And especially you look at someone like Stefano or Toy Kamano, we put a real great lid on him. Also, Hastings, like, I know um, like the earlier game the earlier game in the year, uh, he was he literally had his hands on the ball and everything. And mm-hmm. we sort of shut him down to the point where we forced West Tigers to have the ball in hand to Luke Brooks. And just as Luke Brooks is... He essentially won us the game with those, you know, couple of questionable calls. But um, yeah, we sort of rushed in on uh, Hastings. Uh, maybe he was a bit hurt from that tackle, and that's probably why he didn't ha- handle the ball as much. But um, yeah, we made a, a clear effort to um tackle him and not let him not let him cramp sideways. Essentially, it was also a hugely poetic moment late in the game, late in the game, uh, early in the second half, but obviously later in the game when Mitchell Moses uh, crossed for his try when he just brushed past Luke Brooks down that short side. It was um, a vintage GI um, sort of <laughs> palm to the face, wasn't it? it was a, um, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know if um, Brooks has uh, much of a future in the uh, National Rugby League. Well, you say that, but the the I mean the news today, the he, he is still the last man standing in that uh, in that spine position. The halves, he they move they're moving uh, Hastings to accommodate him. So it's insanity. It is actual insanity, and it certainly makes sense why there's been some other murmurings coming out today. I mean, like, surely he has to feel guilty enough to be like Luke Brooks was talking about. Surely he should put the hands up and say, "Listen, here, I'm the reason we lost last week. I'm gonna I want you to drop me to reserve grade." But the guy thinks he's the best halfback in the team, and he's the reason they're winning. Like, surely he's not that self-aware, or he's not like he's not that stupid or arrogant to think that he's the reason they're winning. Like, he has to have some. You know, self-awareness that he is the problem. If everyone's saying it, if it, it's just like if everyone says you stink, you stink, you stink. Like surely you take the hint. Like I don't, I don't care. Like I, I, I know that's worst Tigers. I shouldn't care about it, but self-arrogance in this guy. Like surely, like you look at Moses. Moses, um, he holds himself so accountable. Like whenever he has a bad game, he's always the first one to mention it post-game. Or even Guffo. No one, he doesn't do it at all for the Tigers. So yeah, it's very, very odd. Yeah, we only need to look into the to the coach's box for the reappearance of a certain former West's Tiger God. Um, to know where that attitude comes from and it won't be leaving that joint anytime soon, especially with the, the news that Shenius is uh, going to be back in charge for the next 12 to 18 months and why I expect you, that to go for a lot longer. Why, why would you actually ever be a coach, like a young coach going to that club if, like what you just saw where, yeah, the coaching director and general manager of football, he's definitely not going to get involved in coaching. He's just going to help you ends up sacking a coach, which, to be fair, it's not like Michael Maguire was producing the results to warrant you know, being kept around. I've got no issues with that. But it was made clear that he had no interest in the coaching gig after that. And then, you know, fast forward a few weeks, it starts to get the murmurs, and then fast forward another couple of weeks, it's like, yeah, I'm ready to take on the coaching role. So just crazy. Absolutely crazy. Yep, the white-handing continues. <laughs> yes, sir. Oh, and, I mean, we, we can talk about it in the news section later about the actual topic itself, but 
part of what was said on 360 Day was great. There was a story going around the rugby league media for a month where it was kept under lock and key. They were asked, to, you know, please don't share it just yet. We're figuring it out. We're figuring it out. You know, when, when it comes to it, you can talk about it. They, the parties involved approached the West Tigers and within like two days, it's already leaked. <laughs> so that's, oh my goodness, that front office, the coaching staff, everything. But it is just an absolute what, mess. You get out of leaking, like, like that, you, that's the thing, good. You go, or I, I like- suppose, I mean, maybe there is uh, like a, a kind soul there that is screaming and, you know, gnashing their teeth for change at a, you know, executive level downwards. And that's maybe they're the person that's leaking this, but the realist to me just says that they're an absolute basket case and no one, you know, it's just all, you know, knives at everyone's back and they're all leaking to try and protect each other, like protect themselves from everyone else. All right. Well, Forty, you tried to uh, tee us up before, but the news coming out today, the Isaiah Papali, uh, is he, isn't he, can he backflip? Is there a clause? Um, tee each of you up to, to start first. Yeah, so the, the, the sort of... Uh, no nonsense part of it is, I don't think there's a clause, uh, but when he signed for West Tigers, uh, he, he he was in the belief that Michael Maguire, who he has a connection with via the New Zealand international team, was going to be the coach. Um, apparently, this has been brewing for about a month per NRL 360, that he's had some cold feet regarding the direction the West Tigers are heading in. There's uh, no direction. There's no leadership. There's not really much of anything happening there. So he's approached the club for like uh, informally, formally, like you know, I don't know if, how the process goes in terms of paperwork and whatnot, but uh, asking uh, for clarity uh, because he would otherwise like to stay at Parramatta, which makes sense. You know, he's obviously played his career best football at the club. He's fitting really nicely culturally. You listen to how some of the boys talk about him, like Dylan Brown. Um, they're all very close. And now the boys, I don't know whose court it's really in because the West Tigers don't really seem to know how to play any sort of competitive game, but. Uh, right now we're in a position where uh, the West Tigers are trying to placate him and they've, they've brought him over and had a tour of the facilities. And they're con- like the Tim Sheens are saying they're confident he'll stay, but at the same time they're also asking him for more time to get their situation sorted out. Um, and on, on the flip side, if this does progress, since there is no get-out clause, it then becomes a matter of uh, the West Tigers going to blink? Do they ask for compensation? Is it a you know some sort of uh, cap payment or is it some sort of player transfer? I don't know. But yeah, this is big. Because while Ryan Madison staying keeps our pack being quite good, really good, uh, with you know between him, Reg, and Junior, plus the other pieces you can put around it, you keep ice, and suddenly we we're locked and loaded. Like we we we're, we're going places, uh, or rather we're not going anywhere, but up in the next couple of years. Betty? yeah, no, um, I'd love I'd love for him to stay. Uh, you know, I don't think I've, as much as we hate it, the West Tigers have all the power essentially, and look. If we keep look, I've said this um, a couple of times. I feel as though next year it might we might have, we might plateau or even take a step back just because of who's leaving, right, and who we're going to replace him with. But with Papaliti, that sort of stems the flow, and I'm confident, more confident next year in the recruitment that we've got with Hodgson and Popgood and the young Knights fella. Like, I'm I just see, feel as yeah, though yeah. We just look and, and look, and I'm praying like even if it was Murata, Murata or Papaliti, because you know I'm on the read. The Reed Marnie farewell tour already. I can't wait for him to leave, but I just feel Papa we may have had. Um... I think I think Ice out of that entire group, Ice is the one. Like, oh, 100%. Like, we know that Murata's been great for us. It feels like you know he might have slowed down a little bit this year. I don't know if he's just you know a bit banged up. It's always hard to tell given how aggressive he plays, the sort of you know stuff he might be carrying. But Ice had was a prime candidate for regression this year. You know, had a monster breakout year last year. Was posting stupid numbers. And yet he's come out this year, and, and funnily enough, we, we you know, obviously spoke about it at the time, but outside of that one game against Wests on Easter Monday where he had an absolute Barry Crocker, he has been so good. 
just a, an absolute bastion of consistency and high quality efforts. And you get him to stay united with Mitchell Moses, and you know that that is a real cornerstone of the not just the right edge, but the entire team. I mean, Dylan Brown said it on the Matty Johnson show. He's kind of jealous that uh, Mitch Moses has him on his <laughs> poor, poor Sean Lane. He is having an incredible season. He's just out there catching strays from Dill. Uh, you know, and, and to be fair, um, Dill is roommates and, and very close of ice, so I imagine it was a bit of a tongue-in-cheek there. But <laughs> I mean, it's, it's not an overreaction. Like, you look at the beginning of the year, right? This guy was, you know, he was literally a nobody at the Warriors. He comes to us one year, and he's, you know, Dalian second row of the year. And you kind of feel as though we've been through this. We've, we've been through this. Like you know, we gave Christian Inu a three-year deal in his first year. We thought he was the next big thing. Like it was smart. It was smart from the club to just you know don't jump the gun and pay him whatever he wants. But he's like I, I thought heading into the season he might have you know plateau as well. But he's you know he's, if not it's gone better. And he hasn't shrugged. And like even then I thought as though his attitude might be like. Or I'm looking forward to next year with the Tigers or something. But he's actually ripped in, and like when whenever you hear someone says, "Oh, you know, even though I'm leaving, I'm going to give you 100 percent," you sort of think, "Yeah, yeah." You know, you're probably talking out of the side of your mouth. But I feel as though he's genuinely, he genuinely said it when he said, "Um, I want to win the comp with you guys this year." So, mm-hmm. and I'm and look, and you look at and I, and I keep bashing Reed, but you look at Reed, he's gone backwards, really backwards, and then this guy, he's is improved, and you know, I I take it happy. I'd even release a few players, you know, if it means we have to give them Nathan Brown. You know, or Winamu Greg, or even like someone like I'm willing to do that because, as I said, we uh with him gone, like we don't got, we don't got gun uh, second rows coming up. We got like Ellie Elsa Camp. He's, you know, he's going to be a debutant if he plays right. We've got like no one coming through, so it's a bad time to lose two edges in, in Murata and um, Papa Lee. But to get one back, it'd be a huge, huge um uh you know tick off the board for um the club. I mean, assuming that this does progress and that he is adamant that he won't you know, go to the West Tigers because of how they're handling all their management. He wants to stay at Parramatta. I am very interested to see what sort of grounds the Tigers will have to push for a player swap or transfer because historically that has very rarely occurred in the NRL. Not like it hasn't, but it's been very rare. And even if they're the ones that are unfortunately the victims in this case, although it is a victim of their own actions, uh, in the past we've seen them try and push for player transfers of players like Ryan Madison who end up coming to Parramatta. And it didn't really... Uh, unfold from the way they wanted to. So, I don't know. How about, how about this, right? So, I think it was like a few months ago, maybe a few weeks ago, they said they were looking at getting rid of, getting rid of Peachy. What if they say, take Peachy's whole contract, we'll give you Papa back? Would you take that? If it means to get Papa, we have I mean, that, to that's, absorb Peachy's that's, contract. That's an interesting question. I mean, I'm not sure what our sort of cap space is to accommodate both of them, but, I mean, you certainly would look at it. You wouldn't say no straight up because even someone like Tyron Peachy, I think he could be... Yeah, I mean, I know he's not playing great football, but I think he could be someone that could be better in our systems. He'd be good on the bench, wouldn't he? Yeah, exactly. I mean, he, he's very similar to Will Smith in that regard. Not Once again, not the same player being able to cover the same positions, but he covers dummy half, lock forward, edge, even centre still. So, Cause then, yeah. Because then the Tigers, on their hand, okay, they're not getting Papa, but they're getting they also so open well, they're up some cap a year off the cap for him, and then they're also getting whatever peaches. So they're getting close to what? 900 to a million maybe mm. in free space to sign. So like, that's the only, it's kind of like um, make it, a, you know, silver lining or, you know, make it, you know, the Tigers, that's the best they can get. But I'd, I'll be happily look at that because I feel as though I think there's a the bench. Oh, sorry. Here you go. No, no, you go. Uh, we're just, we're just talking about Betty for the hypothetical of if the Tigers came back to us and said, okay, you can keep his eye, but you've got to take on Tyrone Peachy. Would you do it? And we're just talking Talk about contract. We'll, we'll, we'll yeah, talk about. Would, but I, I think the real issue is I don't think it'll happen. <laughs> I think this is, um, you know, 
Uh, we've seen a couple of these murmurings recently in recent years, and since they've tidied up the uh, the no backflips, the no cool offs, etc., um, you're generally stuck where you are. Um, and and uh, I guess the, the the big exception to that is for players at West Tiger, so <laughs> perhaps there really is something. Um, but no, I think um, it, it's a lesson that might need to be learned the hard way for uh, Papa Lee that uh, sometimes the uh, the big bag of cash is tainted. Um, so. I'm going to be a little bit more optimistic for no good reason than just the fact that you know, it's West Tigers, um, which I suppose is historically a pretty good reason to be optimistic. Uh, I, I just feel, I don't know, like this will be an interesting precedent for the NRL where there is no clause in the contract, but he signed for the club under the provision that there was a certain man coaching. The man is no longer coaching. Uh, is that grounds to like contractually, obviously contractually you're signing for the Tigers, not for Michael Maguire, but in the NRL, We've seen that contracts don't mean as much as employment contracts in other industries. In the NRL's basis, is that a contractual obligation that he has to fulfil or is there a basis that the Tigers sort of misled him uh, and he should be able to avoid the contract? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Well, let's wait back and we'll see how it all plays out, but uh, I think it'll take a bit of time to play out if it is going to play out one way or the other. Um, all right, well, let's uh, jump on to... Next round of action. There's not really other, any other news other than um, Ryan Madison, uh, of course. A little, little bit of a little bit positive news. Australian schoolboys. We had our Blaze Tolangi and Sam Tuavati both make the team. Blaze obviously plays in five eight for our Harold Matthews team. Sam, uh, big prop forward, uh, and it was really good in particular. See, Sam's been really solid for us across the last two years, um, so no surprises there. Even if in the papers they described him as a relatively unknown player. You know, he's only picked up players, player and best and fairest in the Harold Matthews this year for our team. So, you know, just a little bit unknown. Uh, but Blaze had an outstanding 2021, but was probably a little bit down by his standards for the Harold Matthews this year. And by all accounts, he had an outstanding tournament. So it was good to see. And the other thing, and there's not much to it, but there were reports last night that the Eels are starting to formalise their negotiations with both Mitchell Moses and Dylan Brown about long-term extensions. All right, well, let's jump into next week's round of action, kicking off with the flag, which is Saturday the 16th of July out at Kellyville Park at 1.15pm. Having a look at that team list, there's a lot of ins, a lot of outs. We expect more game day change, 40. Sorry, what was that? I said there's a lot of ins, a lot of outs. Are we expecting some more game day change? Uh, it's hard to tell the flag because we just, we don't have an idea of who's injured and who's suspended. Um, so just looking at the team sheet quickly, I know in the back line we've got another change in the wing. It feels like we've got a different wing every week, unfortunately. Uh, not doing much consistency there. Thankfully, big Matthew Komalaf, he's holding down his right edge like he's been doing all year. But Moel Graham Tuff was back on the other side. Good to see Corey Fanning back. He missed last week, and he's been one of the real stalwarts of this team throughout the year. Uh, but in the, front, uh, in the front row, I've got a few changes. Peter Tateo moves from edge to prop forward, where he'll partner Larry Moagatutia, who's been primarily off the bench this year. So Larry's been really good in that role. So seeing him get the call up is uh, certainly not uh, making me upset by any means, but it's just interesting to see the ba- the forward back get reconfigured like that. Yeah, I'm just trying to think who could come in. In the back line, there could be a number of changes. And the one that might be uh, likely is uh, Samuel Louise, who may be dropping back from the cup if there is a change there, given uh, how those two teams in the senior grades have been named. Well, let's jump into the uh, reserve grade. Uh, not going to affect New South Wales Cup. We'll see the Jets taking on the Eels. Um, and this was a throwback to a couple of years ago, the grand final played out between these clubs. Yeah, we got done dirty on an offside uh, kick from... Oh, uh, gosh, I remember that. Billy Magoyas kicked it in the wing. It was miles offside. And uh, for whatever reason, they didn't have it co- um, covered properly. And, yeah, it cost us the grand final. 
Well, it was also that block. Will Smith was at fullback, oh, and they both went for the ball, yeah. and it was a penalty yeah. to, to oh, Jets. <laughs> both of them had eyes for the ball and just collided when they were both trying and to get an actual it. football play from both us. sides. Just play on, like whoever knocked on with an advantage, and uh, it was penalty against Parramatta in a crucial juncture of the game. Um, but all right, uh, Henson Park at one pm. Um, so get out there for your crafties. Uh, Eels fifth taking on Jets in second. Uh, Hayes Parham's moved to fullback. Um, so. Yeah, so ranking the, at halfback. The yeah. change has been facilitated by Jake Arthur getting the call up to be the guy that's not going to get any, if uh, many, if any minutes in NRL, replacing Tom Opperchuk in that same role. Which means that they've sort of juggled the spine around putting the captain coach into farm halfback and then Hayes Perham to fullback. But assuming that hey, uh, that Jake plays the same role that Tom Opperchuk has done in the last couple of weeks, uh, this game takes place on Sunday. NRL's on Friday. There's no reason why Jake wouldn't just drop back down after and play this game which would then cause that cascade. He's back in the halfback. Uh, you'd think that Rankins goes back into fullback. Then I'd probably put uh, either Perham on the wing or Sini on the wing and then Perham in the centres. And then Louisa either drops back to the bench or goes to flag. That makes a lot of sense. Um, good thing in this one, team. Sorry, you guys going to say uh, Hamish? I was just going to say Bryce Cartwright back, which was, uh, from what I understand, it was a uh, uh, one week off at the judiciary. Oh, it was a judicial drop, uh, drop yeah. Much again... Just getting that clarity. No team gets any clarity on this stuff. It's very frustrating. Uh, good to see that on the bench, Tony Matelli, he's held his spot in the team, even if he's not starting because Bryce Cartwright's back. Uh, I think that alongside Ellie Elsgaham, he's one of those players that there's a real opportunity to build toward 2023 here for them and some uh, NRL playing time. Yeah, definitely sounds good. Uh, obviously, looking at this uh, this uh, Jets lineup, there's a lot of uh, players that have played in first grade or, or they've played uh, rugby sevens. Lachlan Miller at fullback yeah. there. Um, but Ikevalu, uh, well, let's have a look at that. Reese Davies. Oh, former Eel. Reese yeah, former Eels, Reese Davies. Yes, sir. And then. Kane Kalachi, who was a brother, I believe, of Jabril. And Charbel Tassipalo. Yeah, Charbel Tassipalo, former Eel as well. Good kid as well. So um, he's definitely one of those ones that if he has got the ball and gold on, I'm cheering for him. So hopefully he can crack the NRL in the coming years. Um, yeah, the, the, Maybe not as much. The, as the I Jets thought. look a little bit weaker. Have they got a lot of outs this week? Uh, Frank and Pele, really well, Pele and Herodi are both NRL experienced players. They're both out this week, so that hurts them there. Are they just down on troops? Because this doesn't feel like the team they've been putting out. You know? No, it doesn't, does it at all? So uh, perhaps they are. Yeah, let's go back a few weeks and see what we got in the roster. So they took on the Bulldogs, who are another good team. And during that game, Ikevalu Herodi was playing. Uh, they had Kate Dyke, they had uh, uh, Dykes' kid playing. Brandon Trindle's usually in this grade. So that's uh, another big loss there because. Uh, What's happening with the Sharks' halves? Matt Moylan hurt or – no, uh, what's his name? He's got COVID, uh, the half uh, from Melbourne. Uh, Nico, Nicholas Hines. He had COVID, okay. so that's why Trindle's up in first grade. And Billy Magulios will be in the team usually as well as another NRL player or NRL experience player. Yeah, so they are missing quite a few people this week. So maybe a good time to get the Jets. Good time to get the Jets. Let's see if they can pull it over at uh, Henson Park. Uh, jumping then into first grade. So on Friday evening, 7.55pm, 15th of July, I will finally be making a trek out to the first home game this season. Ooh, nice. uh, this Friday. Well, it, um, it is our first Friday night game too, believe it or not. That's insane. Round 18, one of the biggest draws wow. in the competition. We haven't played Friday night football until now. Oh, well, we played the Broncos twice in the run home, so there's another two. Yes. Guaranteed, guaranteed <laughs> primetime football there. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's just, yeah, we got a lot of, we got a lot of Friday night football coming up. It's just that it's crazy that it took us this long to get there because I know our next three week block, starting with the uh, Warriors, is Friday, Thursday, Friday. And then after that, 
let me tell you. So Friday, Thursday, Friday, 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 Saturday, Thursday, Thursday. So a whole ton of primetime football coming up for the Parramatta Eels. Yeah, right into the back half of the season where, um, you know, we should be making a run here. What is it, eight ga- Sorry, eight games to go. Uh, one, um, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Yes, sir. So this is uh, hopefully BA, the, the madman, has been uh, timing us for a run to get some consistent football at the back end of the season. That was the, uh, the point of emphasis coming out of the preseason, wasn't it? That we're not going to come out of the blocks sprinting like we have the last couple of years and then get that big mid-season burnout. And I suppose it's fair to say we haven't had the same burnout that we've had in recent years where the team absolutely created. The inconsistency has been there for a bit and that's a different issue, but maybe we are in a better position to make a tilt now. I don't know. have to wait and see. That's right. And uh, I guess we had a couple more players in origin, be it all for just one game. But um, yeah, we'll see how they, they've managed those uh, those injury loads. But coming into this area, we've only had two real big outs and... Um, they happened earlier in the season and they were sort of freak injuries as opposed to anything else. Um, all right, well, let's uh, get back to it. So uh, we go Eels against the Warriors. And for the Warriors at fullback, Reese Walsh on the wings. Uh, Edward Cosey, um, has he been playing? I'm not sure. Uh, he's not there first. I, I, I lose track of what their depth situation is, but I think Dallin Martins lost the axe out. So I'm not sure if he's the first choice or was replacing, like if he was the first choice and Martins Lesniak replaced him and now he's back or vice versa and he's replacing Dalwin Martins with Lesniak, I'm not sure. All right. The other wing is Marcello Montoya. Then the centres is Jesse Arthurs and Adam Pompey. In the halves, Chanel, Harris-Tavita and Sean Johnson. In the forwards, Adam Fanua-Blake and Captain Tohu Harris, Wade Egan at hooker. Then the second row is Ewan at Aitken, Josh Curran and Jazz Tavaga at lock. Freddie Lussick, Bontiafoa, Aaron Penne and Jack Murphy on the bench. And then the extended bench is Elisa Katoa, Rocco Berry, Dejan Arcee, Pride Peterson, Rabadi and Jackson Free. Um, so that looks, that's pretty much their close to best squad, if I'm correct. Well, it's been a, a big fall from grace for Eli Katoa. He was sensational last year. And now he's not even in the team. So that's a bit of a surprise. I don't know if he's battling an injury. Might be coming back from injury, maybe. Um, but yeah, I guess they're missing... Uh, they're, uh, they're missing another second rower, aren't they? They're missing... Yeah, are they missing a second rower? Uh, no, they've got Curran back. Yeah, Curran, Aiken, they're the two starters. Jazz yeah. Tavanga is... like he, he rotates between their primary lock forward and their bench utility. Um, yeah, I guess they've got Freddie Lussick to play bench hooker. So. Yeah, so they may, they've made that change after getting that, that double pickup from the ti- uh, Tigers, the Roosters. Uh, it was uh, Lussick and then the young gun halfback, Volkman. That's the one I was thinking of. Yeah. All right, well, let's go over to our squad. So Clint Gutherson, captain and fullback. On the wing, Sivo and Simonson. In the centres, Will Penasini, Wonga Blake. And then the halves are Dill Brown, Mitch Moses. The forward pack is Regan Campbell-Gillard. Junior Paulo named a backup two days after Origin. And then Reid Money at hooker. The second row is Sean Lane, Isaiah Papali and Maradonia Kore at lock. With Ryan Madison still out with that injury. Makahesi Makatoa, Jake Arthur, Oregon Kafusi, Kyde Rodwell on the bench. And Tom Opicic, Ellie Elza Kaham, Nathan Brown, Ofahiki Ogden, and Hayes Perham on the extended squad. Um, so are we expecting Junior to play or he might get rested up here? If he's playing, it's got to be a minute restriction, surely. Um, I suppose, I mean, it depends on how he gets played in New South Wales because his minutes haven't been super intense for the Blues. Obviously, he had a very good game two compared to game one. In game one, he played just 30 minutes. So if he's on those sort of minutes for the Blues, I could see him backing up, but it's going to be a big ask. Yeah, I think that's right. And uh, you were tipping potentially Jake Arthur to, if he's not needed. 
Oh, I guess he could just stay on the bench as that sort of outside utility. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if he, if he plays. I mean, Brad's shown that he's more than happy to go for the 16 players he trusts the most. So if that's the case, then like Tom Opacic in the last couple of weeks, he's not playing many minutes because the reserve grade finally plays after the NRL for the first time in quite a while. He can bam, drop back on Sunday and play that game. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously it'd be nice to have the four interchange players that we you know, are getting, all getting minutes, but... The way our forward pack set up with guys chewing up bigger minutes in Reg and Junior and uh, Maddo when he's fit as well, there's uh, a limited potential for some other players to bite into those, especially now that someone like Kai Rodwell is now starting to see regular 20, 25-minute bursts on the field. All right. Well, let's uh, – Bertie, how do you see this one playing out? Yeah, no, I feel as though um, – sorry, Warriors fans. You know, you've done a lot for the game the past two years, but I feel as though we'll flog them. There's no disrespect. You just look at their back line. Like, um, Reese Walsh is a gun. Montoya's a reject from the Bulldogs. Arthur's, you know, from the Broncos, who will, you know, finish with the spoon last year. Pompey, yeah. Uh, I don't know who Edward Cozzi, so, you know, given the benefit of the doubt, he's solid. I just feel as though there's not a lot, there's not a lot of points in that team. If we can shut Walsh down, there's not a lot of points in this team. So, you know, that plays into, into our hands. Um, we've got too, we've got too much firepower. And that's, look, I'm not sounding disrespectful and arrogant. I just, it's just what it is. And, like, they've got a decent forward pack. Curran's a gun, you know. I'd love him back at para. Um, yeah, Bunty FL used to be good a couple of years ago. You know, you, you mentioned also um, Elise, you know, Katoa. You know, he was up the next big thing. But um, surely, you know, we just... Even if we just, you know, just grind them down for the first, you know, 20, 30 minutes and just run away with it. But um, I feel as though we'll win comfortably. Like, I'm, I'm tipping 44-6. Um, I'm going to go Wonga Blake Hattrick. I don't know what it is. You know, he's... um. I feel as like he's going to take advantage against the opposition centre. So, yeah, we're going to play a hat-trick. Um, yeah. All right, and 40? Yeah, I mean, I tipped a close win against the West Tigers, and while the scoreboard reflected that, like you mentioned in our breakdown, it probably wasn't correctly reflective of the actual game itself. I think, like Birdie, this has got the potential to be a bigger win. We're back at home uh, as part of that three-game homestand, starting, you know, Warriors, Broncos, and then Penrith, I think it, I think it is. So we, we want to win and, and win convincingly to build up that momentum. Uh, you went, what was it, 44-6, buddy? Yeah, 44-6. Yeah, I, I'm going to be hopeful it gets out to that big. I'll go a little bit more circumspect. Uh, Parramatta Eels, 34 to the Warriors, 8. First try scorer for the blue and gold. Um, it's hard to go past Mike Acevo. It feels like they might, might go to that left edge. And um, I can't think of a particularly big player. I would love to see a Wanga Blake hat-trick like you tipped, Bertie. So uh, I won't tip it, but I'll be very happy to see it. All right, yeah, I think, uh, as Betty touched on, I think there's just too much class across our team. Um, but again, we can't take the Warriors, uh, you know, we, we've had a habit of this season, one good game, one good bad game. Um, sorry, one bad game rather than one good bad game. Um, but it's something that we really need to work on this week. Again, back at home on a Friday night, it'll be a bit dewy. Um, we can't just come out expecting to, to, to get points. We've got to earn them through the middle again. Um, so we need, uh, you know, especially that forward pack to, to really stand up and, and imprint over the top of the Warriors, uh, you know, just as long as they, they actually listen to their coaching and they're told the light message and they carry it out, I can see us getting over the top. Um, 28 to 10, Eels win, and I'll say Iceman uh, will be the first one over. I like it. Why didn't you do first try scorer? First try scorer, even though I tip Wonga Blake Hattrick, I'm tipping, um, I'm going to go Sean Lane. I mean, he was yeah, fir- he was first try sister the two weeks before the Tigers game, and then he should have been the first try scorer last week, so the man's due. I know a particular para fan uh, who does his own podcast. He was very dirty. He got some juicy odds on uh, Sean Lane first try scoring. Yeah, wasn't wasn't happy about it. <laughs> Robbed, literally. Um, 
I mean, he had to pay right, well, 50 bucks to the hill at Leichhardt, so he was getting robbed there as well. Yeah, yeah let's not talk about that place. Um, all right, well, um, eight games to go uh, to give us a crack at the top four. Unfortunately, Sharks got a win, a big win over the Melbourne Storm on the weekend, but um, they've got a couple of tough games coming up, uh, starting off against Panthers this week. I haven't looked at their lineups. Can you not wipe your bloody chocolate hands on my bed? They've been looked after this season, uh, Sharks. They're versing... The, the Cowboys two days after Origin, like, come on, they've been kissed on the you-know-what. Yeah, well, Storm just before um, the Origin, like, just in the bye week, and they've they've been pretty poor. And then, as you say, they're getting Panthers uh, directly after the uh, um, the Origin. Oh, no, they don't. They've got a week oh. after. Who have they got this weekend? Got Cowboys two days after, so they're, they're going to be resting their players. It's just... Yeah, uh, so you've got Cowboys, and then they've got to ta- play probably a full-strength Panthers. So we, we hope that Cowboys and Penrith get a win-up. But I guess the outsider here is with uh, with uh, Melbourne playing so poorly, um, whether they can get themselves back on track, because out of the top four at the moment, um, without digging deep into the draws, they're not looking great. I mean... I guess they've just you're relying upon the history of Melbourne to... to get it back on the tracks. It could come down to our last game, you know, us versus Storm at home. The winner could get, like, a top four finish. So, you know, it's 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 very interesting, our draw. You know, we've got, we've got six home games. I think three of them... I got an email saying three of them are uh, sold out. The the Bulldogs, the Souths, and the Panthers game are sold out. So, yeah, surely we win all, you know, all six at home, and that will get us to, right now, uh, 34 points. So... That's right. Uh, looking at the draw, we've got six home games from our last eight. So, you know, if you don't take advantage of that, we don't deserve to be in the top four. Um, but I think five or six wins gets us there. Six wins. Uh, 34, yeah. 34 points. 32 points. I think, I think 32 points is the cutoff for top four, in my opinion. But our four and against is a bit weak, so maybe we need that extra win. Or we just absolutely spank the, the ever-loving shit out of some, a few teams on the way. <laughs> we need a reversal of form against the bottom half of the eight. Yeah. <laughs> Just uh, you know, a couple of 50-point thrashings here and there will go a long way towards fixing our final against. Well, hopefully they can start that uh, off this weekend against the Warriors mm-hmm. and uh, uh, go the uh, Blue and Golds, go the Blues as well on Wednesday night and uh, we'll catch you on the next Power Podcast. See you, boys.